Welcome back to Garbage Film. Normally, this would be the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common. You don't need to enjoy just one or the other. That part's still true. And normally, we would take a movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least are entertained. But this week is something different, because Mommy and Daddy are tired. <laughs> Sleepy. <laughs> Sleepy now. We have spent every waking moment over the past uh, week or so, every waking moment outside of full-time jobs, <laughs> seeing movies at the Toronto International Film Festival. Indeed. And we're here to talk about them. Who am I to do that? My name's Nick. I'm one of your hosts. And with me, as always, is the Lightbox Theater to my Scotiabank Theater. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. I gave you the nice one. Did you, though? Kind of. <laughs> In some that might true? say. All right. Better popcorn, arguably? Arguably. I would say better, uh, better behaved denizens. Sure. I'll give it that. Yes. Citizens of cinema. Yes. Scotiabank is for fun. <laughs> Tip is for seriousness. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I should have flipped them around. I'm always the one being like, I like this 40s yeah. art house thing. And, yeah. Exactly. And I'm the one who's like, I want to watch Barbie. And also, I don't want to go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start this up. Turn this episode around. We're starting. <laughs> Our brains don't work. So enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, and not just because I fucked up with the intro that I had here. <laughs> <laughs> Not just because. Yes, we are going to do a little uh, bite-sized piece of episode for you this week. Yeah. And hopefully disseminate some of our feelings about what we saw at TIFF in the hopes that you all might find something you are interested in. Yeah, like this is a, a real like keep an eye out for type of thing. Because mm -hmm. typically after TIFF, distributors pick up movies and then they hop into theaters next year or whatever what have you? so no spoilers or anything like that we're just going to talk in real general terms about these movies i hit a record high of things seen at tiff of i got to see 19 movies over nine days because i even missed the first day i think and you have a full-time job yeah. arguably too <laughs> you can argue it you're very dedicated is what i'm trying to say yes i i sacrifice for the people <laughs> this is for you listeners <laughs> Uh, so let's jump right into it. Just going to talk about some of the things that uh, we liked to see if it resonates with the... Yeah, we've got a, a little bit of everything for everyone, hopefully. We'll talk about our favorites of various ways you can experience a movie. Yeah. Some things that we think you'd like if you like, you know, this movie. You might like this thing we saw at TIFF. Yeah. Uh, cool characters, <laughs> performances, general how it hit us. Yeah. So to start with, then let's just jump in. What was what was your favorite like performance, full performance or performances that you saw at TIFF this year? My Cite the movie as well. <laughs> I think um, I have two favorites. Two of them going head to head here. I'll out. Thank you so much. I wasn't gonna stop. I have three. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I, <laughs> my, one of my favorites is Mads Mikkelsen Ooh. in The Promised Land. We were talking, coming out of the movie about how he, the, the movie is about, uh, I guess based on a real person yep. who set out to cultivate the Danish heathland, which was very forbidding, um, you know, non-arable land yeah, at like the time, covered in heather, nothing grew brutal there, weather. Only outlaws were there yeah. type of thing. 
and he sets out to make a home there and make a name for himself and his performance is so good and he's always he's always really good at playing these people who like are in vaguely silly situations (laughs) but there's never it's not that he doesn't have good comic timing i think he does i think he's excellent comic timing. yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's just never an ounce of like he's so focused Mm. and fucking serious about his roles yeah Um, like there's a lot of funny characters in that movie and he is just the driest piece of toast yeah but in a really (laughs) captivating way yes so 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 watchable so that's that's one of my favorites just lends it a real like movie not at all the same without him yes absolutely it is fun to hear him speak danish which i don't think i've ever heard him no i don't know Yeah. yeah We were debating this, and I think we saw maybe one forgettable Netflix thing. Maybe. But <laughs> we, can't, we can't tell, because so we can't look it up, because I don't remember what it is. Grab onto the memory, it slips away like yeah. a ghost. <laughs> like a ghost yeah, the on the heath. The Promised Land is a, is a, a nice, like, big historic epic kind yes. of Historical biopic. drama. Yeah, yeah, historical drama, that's what it is. Yes. So Sweet. I really like that, and also similar character, but mm. Vicky creeps in um, mm. the Dead Don't Hurt, yeah. which is Viggo Mortensen's offering it at the festival this year. Yeah. She's so magnetic, so watchable. She's so Amazing. like her Quebecois accent is so good, yeah. and it's hard. It's, it's hard so to do that. Specific. My yeah. family is some of that, and I can't do it. Mm. So and, Dead Don't Hurt is a is a Western, uh, yes, like romantic drama western yeah it's like a it's like a relatively just straight up western in the sense that it's about someone going to like a frontier town trying to scratch out a living for for themselves Mm. so like very much you know and she crosses paths with Viggo Mortensen's character and and just very much the same uh experience of watching both of them like Mads Mikkelsen and Vicky Creeps in in these they're just like they're navigating the people that can help or hurt them Mm -hmm. and the land and themselves and like testing their metal you know I hadn't really put that together though but yeah they're both very much frontier stories Mm mm-hmm Extremely. She is like, I've never seen a more perfect distillation of a Quebecois woman on screen. (laughs) It's kind of weird that she's not. Yeah, I know. Other than I've seen literal Quebecois women on screen. That's about the point. Yeah. They come by it honestly. Yes. Also, she's very tall. I saw her. She was at work and she's incredibly tall. I wouldn't have pegged that. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, now I need to watch this movie again and picture (laughs) every standing on crates near her. (laughs) Contextualize. Yes. Are you? Well, I have three that are kind of like four. Uh, Such a show off. You know what? You know, I'm going to cut one to talk about later because it, it right. a little bit later. So uh, one of the movies we saw was Wicked Little Letters starring Jesse Buckley and Olivia Coleman. Yes. And the it's, it's not just either of their individual performances, but them together are so funny. <laughs> yeah. So Wicked Little Letters is a, a comedy about... Like, this is in the 1920s, it's a small English seaside town, and the, like, really upstanding, uh, very Good religious... Christian girl. Yeah, capital G, capital C. Yeah. Starts receiving, like, really lascivious, disgusting, sweary uh, letters that it's just simply not done. Super inappropriate letters. Yeah. So, it, the main draw of the movie, I think, is just to watch Olivia Colman and Jesse Buckley swear at each other yeah. for an hour and 40 minutes, which it's worth it. It's very funny. It's so, it's funny. so funny. It's so funny. It's a very, like, take your mom to see. It's like a weirdly family-friendly movie. so wholesome. I know. Just so filled top to bottom with filth, yeah. You can't make it through a single seat. Like, Jesse Buckley 
is just every other word is fucking or fucking. Yeah, the number of f bombs in this movie is like I don't think we saw a Midnight Madness movie with that number of f bombs in it. But I can't remember the last movie I've seen that sworn that much in it. Like yeah. literally, she she's uh, like a fiery Irish lady, and the yes. way it's expressed is through so much swearing. <laughs> loud, loud, loud swearing. swearing. <laughs> yeah, they're great together. Good. All right, dual performance. Yes. Love it. So that's like one performance between the two. Yes. And my second one I was gonna say is Andy Lau in the movie Emperor. Yeah. Nice. So the movie Emperor won't mean a lot unless I think you really know a lot about film festival culture. And also Hong Kong films. Yes. So it's, which it, you do. Which I do. This so movie was made just for you. <laughs> it really does feel like it. Yeah. But it's a real, like, Andy Lau is playing somebody named Danny Lau. Wink. Wink. <laughs> just close both eyes. I don't know if you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's supposed to be, like, an amalgam of Hong Kong stars that's, like... Yeah. Who did the director say? Like, Tony Lung? Tony Lung, Stephen, Stephen Chow, Chow, and Andy Lau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's this guy that's, like, trying to, like, win awards uh, by picking out this thing where he's going to play a peasant because that's what film festivals react to. Yeah, he can no longer really hack it in, like, mainstream Hong Kong films, yeah. so he has to to move into like art house western film festivals but it feels like a cross between like two major extremes like it feels like a cross between like his performance is a curb your enthusiasm seinfeldish type thing and tar <laughs> like it's similar yeah, between kind these of, like yeah. absolutely existential like what am i doing and yeah. then he's like what riding do a segue i mean the pig or yeah whatever <laughs> he, he is so fucking funny yeah and, he's so goddamn funny and and just like totally unsympathetic like you, you that's why it yeah. feels curb to me because i'm just totally. like oh what a piece yes. of garbage yes this is a curb movie yeah. yes <laughs> he just keeps getting himself into situations yes and because he doesn't know how to like interact with the real world yeah he does such a good job of like this stone face so much of it of him just like trying not to let people see what's happening to him internally yeah so that's that's those are my favorite picked out performances nice cosine Nice. Which brings me to something that is near and dear to our hearts. What was your favorite score? What movie had your favorite music out oh, of man. all these? The one that I'm gonna like remember the most is Los Colonos, the yeah. Settlers yeah. is the English name. It's so good, it's so distinctive, it's so cool, it's just like this really rumbly, like dirty, like Mm. Yeah, just interesting fucking score. And so suited to, you know, there's usually... it. it, it the Settlers is, is about the birth of the nation of Argentina, I guess. Chile. Chile, Chile. sorry. And, and what it took to kind of create the nation. And obviously anyone who's ever read a single book about anything <laughs> nation building is yep. absolute fucking massacre of everyone lower on the totem pole than yep. you. Pardon the phrase. But... The, you know, if you live in Canada or Australia or New Zealand or, or South America or the U.S., <laughs> very, it's obvious what they're doing. Yeah. Um, it's got kind of an art house vibe to it, but it's, the, the music is just so, like, cool. It's like an art house, western, art house westerny vibe with, kind like, of, the yeah. music is very Morricone-y Yeah, to yeah, totally. It's, it's like a, it's like a pop movie soundtrack yeah. but in this like incredibly serious furious movie mm -hmm. yeah I, I i loved it yeah i that that was number one on a bullet for my list too that that nice. was my nice. absolute favorite and i i just keep like it's not like it has hummable tunes or anything but it's got like such a no. good propulsive rhythm to a lot of it yeah and i've just been like 
kind of like vibing to it in my head. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I like a lot. Honorable mention, there's a very like specific song that kind of propels the plot in Robot Dreams. Mm. Uh, so I gotta give a shout out to that because they kind of orchestrate it, like reorchestrate it throughout mm. the, the movie and it's yeah. really cute. Robot Dreams is a very cute movie that has no dialogue. It's uh, animated. It's about a dog that makes friends with a robot. Yep. That's and what it is. That's all you need. Yep. It's just 90 minutes of like a warm hug, kind of. Yeah. A warm, sad hug. A warm, sad hug. <laughs> <laughs> Which, speaking of, I'm also surprised you didn't pick the new Joe Hisaishi for the new Miyazaki movie. <laughs> it is on my list, but it, but it feels like, that's cheating. I can't pick that one. Because I went into this <laughs> yeah, knowing it would be my favorite thing. Everyone, everyone's like, I'm like, what did you see? What did you like? Everyone's like, well, this, this, and this. I'm like, how about the Miyazaki? They're like, well, obviously. The Miyazaki, like, it's not even a question. It doesn't even count. Kind no, of. it doesn't even yeah. really count. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice. The only other thing I was going to mention, it's not original music, I don't think, but the funnest soundtrack in all of this, uh, Smugglers, (laughs) which is a, like, (laughs) I don't want to say, it's not like like a period piece, a 70s heist romp um, from South Korea by director Ryu Sang-won. Yeah. Uh, But it's very, I would, if I had to describe it in a single word, it would be groovy. Funky as hell. Funky as hell and groovy. (laughs) Stanky, maybe? Oh, yeah, a little stanky. Yeah, a little stank. It's great. It's such a it's such a appropriate fun soundtrack. And for like a heist capery type movie, it's just again oh, yeah. very propulsive and like keeps the energy up. Yeah. Yeah. It's good shit. Like the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack, that's what it does for this movie, you know? You're not oh, watching dissimilar movies in that in many senses. That's very fair. Yeah. Actually, yes, I described this to another person as like it's like a more action y Ocean's 8, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, it's like if there was a shark in Ocean's 11. <laughs> it's like that. Ocean. <gasps> shark. <Whoa>! <laughs> okay, this movie should have been named Ocean's 11. All right. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> yeah, and the that movie should be named Smugglers. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> what the fuck? It's all, what did we... What if we this up so bad? Okay. Yes. Yes. So that was, that was my honorable mention in there. Just... Tagging okay. that in. It's funny, I did really enjoy the, the Hisishi score for yeah. um, Boy and the Heron, but I feel like we saw so much that it's been forced out of my brain. And it was so early, and that this yeah. is also the, the problem I have sometimes with film festivals, is there's just like so much that you just stop being able to really absorb after yeah. a while. I yeah. think Boy and the Heron was the first or second thing we saw. Something yeah. Like that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> One thing that this year's festivals had in common is that they had a lot of animal performances. For some reason. For some reason. <laughs> so much so that I have to ask you now, what was or were your favorite animal performance bracket S and bracket? <laughs> <laughs> Open bracket S, close bracket. <laughs> question mark. Damn. Exclamation point. Uh, that's a great question. Um... I feel like it's totally lame to say the heron and the boy and the heron because it's a different. Th- it's not exactly yeah. what you think it is, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that aside. Oh, I mean, is it also kind of lame to say the snow leopard in Snow Leopard since that <laughs> animal is technically 100% CGI? Well, no, let's but talk about so that. Good. That that was good. What what well, is the snow yeah. leopard? Bring. <laughs> you like that? I'm like I'm here to like help you find new movies, and then I just don't say shit about any of the movies. <laughs> Snow Leopard is the, uh, you know, uh, now final film of director Pema Tseden, who is a Tibetan filmmaker and regrettably passed away just a few weeks after finishing this movie, Snow Leopard. And it's about a snow leopard that gets stuck in like a sheep pit where they keep the the sheep of of a local farmer. The farmer wants to kill it because it's been eating his sheep and he can't like sustain himself economically losing all these sheep 
but the but snow it's leopard it's a is, protected animal, so yeah. you can't do it. So the police are like, no, and then the farmer's brother is a monk who has this like weird connection yeah. with the snow leopard. So and much so goes, that he's called the snow leopard monk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, it was such a, such an interesting fucking movie. I, I loved it. I know you didn't connect it with it like emotionally as much. I just thought it was so fascinating to watch. But I appreciated how it was put together and I liked how they did the snow leopard because they had, it is a fully CGI animal, but it yeah. doesn't feel like a fully CGI animal. Yeah. Because what they did was they had a, uh, a, a dancer. dancer. Who like studied snow leopards and like had a little snow leopard mask on and <laughs> which had, I think is so cute yeah. and unnecessary, but everyone's just cracking up. Yeah, you'd have to be right. <laughs> so it like it lo- it has weight properly. It moves like a snow leopard. Yeah, so much so that for like the first fifty minutes, I it's in the distance for quite a bit and it's kind of like out of focus. It's just this background character. I thought it was a real snow leopard until we got like some close ups of the face and I was like, oh no no, that's they that's don't CGI. really behave like that. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, a lot of good big long sections in black and white that are even more convincing. Like once you don't have to deal with the yeah, way actually, that light interacts <laughs> yeah. with color on a CGI and at night and yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Great but, CGI for, oh my God. for this movie. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't even know how they managed that, but yeah. I'm going to assume that those VFX workers were unionized or something. Let's fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels kind of cheating to say that, but like, boy, no. was it fun to watch that animal on screen, even though it was not an animal on screen. <laughs> it counts, though, in my mind. It was depicting animal behavior accurately so. great okay that's good it had the uh, all the sounds it made were very like legitimate yes. snow leopard yeah. stuff which went Wonderful. a long way to making that emote totally yeah, yeah. what yeah. about you well i similarly feel like it's cheating to say the dog from robot dreams yeah previously discussed <laughs> um there is a very there's there's several pigs in the movie emperor right yeah but there's yeah. A, some central action with the pig like it's not that the performance from the animal is the best, but the, it's the best use of an animal, I would say. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes yeah. that are going to stick with me for a very long time of the pig. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really want to rewatch the movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you'd say this is like best best addition by an animal to a film. Yeah, like most this film, most contribution. <laughs> yeah, like an MVP. For yeah, the yeah, animal. yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. And I I don't want to like Boy in the Heron is going to come up throughout this podcast a bunch. But I think this is Boy in the Heron is a great one if you know Miyazaki to just go in with like no knowledgeable expectations. I will just say there are so many cool birds in there. Yes. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Agree. Did you have, I think I already know the answer to this. Is there a funniest movie or moment you would like to highlight for our <laughs> little thing here? I mean, I feel like you do know what it is I because do. I think it's also your favorite. And I, I But I can't say it because it's a spoiler. What? Uh, yeah, how do we approach right? this? Right? <laughs> it's in the movie, Emperor. Yes. The director, so the, the, this is about, like, the making of what they think is, what they're hoping is going to be this, like, art house smash and Danny Lau is going to become, like, relevant again. They're, the director, who is also the director of the actual movie. Yeah, I didn't he, he plays the director in, yeah. Um, Love that shit. Yeah, good for him. He's he's giving direction on how to approach a scene to the people in the scene, yep. and they really take it and fucking run with yes, it very, um, <laughs> to very hilarious result. It is one of the best, like, go watch the movie Emperor in a year and then tell us that yeah. like, I know the spot you're talking about. <laughs> it's just perfectly framed. It's perfectly set up. I love it. I knew that that's what you were going to say, so yeah. I picked a different moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because, yeah. Boy, it's it's great. There, uh, one movie that I saw that you didn't was a little something that has an incredibly long title that I need to read. 
the feeling that the time for doing something has passed, which is a feature debut by Joanna Arnau. And it's a like, very, like the driest comedy I've ever seen. But it's <laughs> just like a slice of life kind of thing about a woman who is going through relationships that she's not enjoying, but she's a submissive in BDSM. Um, right. Things not, not, it's it's just like talk submission mostly. Oh, okay. So just like, okay, go, go lay down. And the guy will be like, yeah, you're laying down good. Like that, right. like <laughs> bossing around type of thing. Okay. But she has the flattest and most like on purpose deadpan emotionless voice. Okay. And at one point she's getting like a, a profile set up for her on like a, a app like of a some kind. Uh, and they ask her like, what are you, what are your interests? And she just, there's just like a 15 second pause and she just says, <laughs> I like eating really dense foods that sit heavily in the stomach. And <laughs> the people okay. making it just kind of like glance at each other and says, and I don't like it when people care about 9-11 too much. <laughs> and those, so put those two in those there. Those are her two interests. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, God. Um, that was great. And honorable mentions go to Nick Cage and Dream Scenario, which I'll talk about in a little bit Yes, more. it's really hard to like pick out one moment from yes. Dream Scenario. And just... Jesse Buckley explaining why, like, why a certain turns of phrases are weird and swearing and trying to fix them. Yeah. <laughs> All-star. Great stuff. She's so funny. Okay. Well, comedy is fun. It's fun to laugh. Haha. We love to laugh here. We've talked about the drama of the performances. What's left? Action, action, action. <laughs> the three things. Yes. The three genders of movie. <laughs> what was uh, your favorite, I'm going to say like action scene, because I feel like most of what we saw weren't action movies, but a lot of movies that had action scenes in them. Yes, that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, damn. I got like a tie, and I'm, I, I know I you're going to pick tie. one of mine. Okay, yeah, I'm sure I am. I think we have the same tie, yeah. to be honest. Just for how like suddenly it kind of shifts into gear. Well, like this, this is the case for both of them, but <laughs> yeah, I'm having is. a really hard time choosing between... One of the confrontations in Smugglers. Yes, that's on my list. Which, now that I read about him, I gather that the director, this is kind of the thing he's known for is action, more action-oriented movies. Mm -hmm. Who's it? Ryusung one. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. It's extremely fucking cool. It's pretty short, but it, and it's just like a great little, little scene, but it is. Boy, is it One of the most perfect action scenes I've seen in a really long time. Yeah. Like, you know how a lot of movies. Uh, not gonna name one that we saw, but I watched The Raid and kind of took the wrong lessons yeah. from it. <laughs> this is the antidote to all of that, where yes. you're like, you understood what was cool about The Raid or about The Matrix or like whatever. Actually, yeah, yes. this th- he's got a good fucking handle on that. Yeah, like that scene alone made me be like, I gotta watch all those guys. Oh, you know exactly. <laughs> yeah, but there's also uh, the the. It's not a spoiler to say the. I guess penultimate fight in a hundred yards um yeah so which this is, is a martial arts movie so, so you know there's gonna be fighting in it yeah do you mind if i take over here to talk about a hundred yards a little bit just no please I, do i this is something i've been looking to forward to for a while yeah 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 um, Go the for directors it. uh shu hao fang and shu jun fang and their mm-hmm. brothers i i've talked about uh martial arts cinema on the pod before and my favorite like range of martial arts cinemas is the shaw bros stuff from like the 70s to the 80s when it's really like to get a little nerdy about uh, action stuff, when it's like very wide shots, very far away, and the idea is you're watching two performers 
perform a choreographed thing, not yeah, it's an action to showcase. Yeah, it's yeah. to showcase how good the performers are at performing martial arts. It's yeah. not about like who can punch a face the fastest or whatever. And this movie honestly helps me distill that even more to like, yeah, it is it is the the arts part of martial arts where it's just like yeah. happy contests kind of as opposed to <laughs> yeah. I gotta stab this guy before he stabs me. Yeah. Yeah. So much of hundred yards is little the way that sparring works in most martial arts which is each match lasts like half a second to two seconds right yeah <laughs> um and it's just about like really short form grapply stuff and then you do have some like expounding on that and weapons get involved in that yes but uh 100 yards is a is a like throwback to mar- to these shabros ones that's what like, did the programmer called it like pure martial arts where the plot is about martial arts it's yeah. not about people who fight it's that the plot is this martial arts school is having a succession issue yeah like the, and, <laughs> the politics of the martial arts school and are the, the martial yeah. arts world and like oh you offended this person so now you aren't allowed to duel them and figuring out how that works so i yeah. loved 100 yards and it's very insider baseball for martial arts time, yeah. <laughs> yeah but there is it's structured so weird mm-hmm. and i i don't again i don't feel bad spoiling this aspect of it but it feels like the first half is like a lot of very short fights and then yes literally the last 40 minutes is one long fight it's scene. a brawl essentially yeah yeah where it's just one guy going through a gang and the idea of that scene is to showcase as many different distinct martial arts styles as possible. Yes, yeah. And it is this thing of, like, every interaction is five seconds or so. But it is how those go of, like... Oh, yeah. If you don't know martial arts bout in five seconds, then you're both too tired to then do Then you're anything. fucked, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's a great gag where, like, <laughs> yes. they have to start carrying away guys on stretchers in the background. Like, two guys will kind of scuttle out with a stretcher because he's just absolutely laying waste to this yeah. gang. It's very funny. It's it's so fun. This unlimited stretcher gang. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> just a revolving door. <laughs> like it a lot. Yeah. They have my like... favorite weapon, which is the spear with the... Um, the crazy long spear? Yes. One? Yeah. Super long bendy spear. Yeah. Love spear. Spear good. <laughs> it's the, if you know Lao Kar Lung, if you're listening and you know Lao Kar Lung, this yeah. is the closest that a modern movie has come to one of his movies mm. in my mind. Yeah, that's fair. Fighting wise. Yeah. Uh, now the second to last category, the penultimate category we have here. Do you have a sleeper hit? By that I mean something that we just were like, yeah, whatever, we'll go to it. And it just kind of like took over your brain a little bit. Um, yeah, kind of. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a sleeper hit because I liked it very much when I when I watched it, but I was like, oh, this won't be much of substance. But I, I've really, like, thought about it so much since we watched it, and that is Robot Dreams. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's just this, like, really, the, the plot is so simple, like, dog befriends robot, and then they get separated. And a, a situation arises, which means they can't see each other and just the you know the animation is so charming and Mm. the director was very like i just wanted to capture the feeling of living in new york in like the 80s 90s as i did um this is set in the 70s i think um Again, that soundtrack leads me to believe it Yes, was. yeah, <laughs> very much. And it's just so charming and nice, and you'd think it would just be like, you know, a little meringue of mm. a movie where it's just like melts away and it's gone and you enjoyed it at the time. But like, it's so sweet, and the mm. ending is so unexpected in a way, and yeah. it, it really stuck with me, and I think it's so, like, it was so well-paced and so creative yeah. and like really uses animation to the fullest you know? Very much. And I know what you mean about the ending, where it feels yeah. unexpected, but then thinking back on it, you're like, what else could it be? 
That's the only thing it could ever be. Totally. Yeah. So it's just like it just recontextualizes the whole movie. Yeah. And it's so nice. Yeah. And it was just like a charming watch at the time. But now I'm like, that was a great movie. That was like a movie with something to say. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I didn't expect. So that's the sleeper hit for me. Me too. I know I went into that with a like, this will be cute. And yeah. it was kind of like it right bang in the middle of, of Tiff. So this was yeah. a, like, we don't need we to listen need to anybody talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't listen to any more dialogue. <laughs> uh, for me, it was um, The Promised Land. Like, that was one oh, that nice. I literally yeah. was like, well, we're not seeing anything tonight. Let's go see yeah. Mads, I guess. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen is all, you can bet on. That's and fair. it really is, like, I want to check out, um, the director has other similar, like, epic, historical epic drama things. I won't be able to translate right, but Nicola <laughs> Arcel. Right. Um, his big other one is a royal affair. I know that's the. the I think one. that's also with Mickelson, right? Yeah. yeah. And Alicia Vikander, oh, the neat. Tomb Raider herself. The Tomb Raider. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Promised Land was one that I was just like, yeah, whatever. And it really like, there's some stuff that locked into my brain there. Uh, mostly super well made. The villain character is oh god so funny and <laughs> off putting. So funny and just fucking horrific. Yeah. Like, but feels very real to oh, that period. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah 100%. Where yeah. you're like, yeah, that's how things are done mm-hmm. right here. Yeah, Unfortunately. Okay. Yes. Thus we come to the final category. Be-do-dee. Let's talk about our top three movies we saw. And just in the spirit of the Garbage <laughs> brand. Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> not necessarily ah. going on and saying let's double build with something, but... Let's, like, comparison titles that people are like, I don't know if I like the idea of that movie. We can be like, I compare it to this one. They'll be like, I definitely don't like that movie. Yeah. (laughs) We can call this an if you like, dot, dot, dot. Yes. Yes. So let's go back and forth. You kick us off and then it'll come over to me. All righty. The first one I'm going to recommend, just because I, I don't know... I don't know how many people were planning to see this when it comes out. I think it will be obviously widely available. Mm. But uh, if you like Whale Rider, I think you would love The Boy and the Heron. Uh, Yeah, that's a nice pairing, actually. Thank you. So it's about, you know, it's a coming-of-age thing. It's vaguely mythological, tied to nature. Yeah. This sort of, like, you have to let some things go, or you have to grow up. You know, very Miyazaki themes to have. But I I think the vibes are the same. The most... Yeah, Whale Rider feels like a real-life Miyazaki... And The Boy and the Heron feels like the most Miyazaki movie that's ever existed. Yes, distilled, like concentrated Miyazaki. Yeah. Yeah, you you water that down and you get a Ponyo or something. Yeah. (laughs) For kids. (laughs) Totally. Nice. Over to you. Over to me. Well, one movie we've already talked about a little bit. I want to talk about this one just because I... I'm kind of flabbergasted by it. It was going to be my sleeper hit one, but I wanted to talk about it more and highlight it as one of my favorite Ooh, three. Okay. Is uh, Los Colonados, The Settlers. Los Colonos. Colonios? Los Colonos. You were right. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons it blew me away, it's like a first time director. It was his debut. That's bananas to me. Uh, it is such a confident fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, so this is director Felipe Galvez Abeole. I'm so sorry about pronunciation, but uh, <laughs> doing my best. Um, it's feels like if I can just like bounce a ton of movies around. Yeah, do it. And I want to know if you agree with this. And if not, you can get into the why. I feel like if you like the man who shot Liberty Valence with the politics of Jim Jarmusch's dead man. Sure. But if it was like shot like a Leone movie, Uh, at least in the first half. uh, 
no I'll, I'll disagree with you on okay. that but you have i to can't provide find it no i can't <laughs> shit i can't uh, i'm just gonna be a hater i th- i'm thinking of like the big not not the close-ups that leone's known for but like the the big um oh I, I understand what you mean okay never mind i, I retract it. it yes uh feels very leone but it feels yeah. like it was directed by robert eggers just for like how disquieting it kind of is <laughs> yeah. yeah actually that's fair to say and damn a, all right yeah you're like, four for four <laughs> keep going yes, that's it that's it <laughs> okay that's it. Great. uh yeah. i don't know how easy it's gonna be to find but i know i want to track it down yeah once it's gonna be available that like yeah really blew my socks off it is a, in case it wasn't obvious from how we described it before, it is not a happy movie. No, it's not a fun movie. It's not an enjoyable movie. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to describe making it through the movie. But it's just really like it's a real gut punch of a movie. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's gonna stick with me for such a long time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So that's my number three. Over to you for your number two. Oh, I, I'm not. Are we supposed to be ranking these? I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> You're lead adding into my an element, answer yeah. voice <laughs> okay. thing that I got going on. All right, on. I respect that. You got to practice that somewhere. And you are not going to do it in my home. So we're in our home. I don't know. <laughs> uh, my second one if you like Munich, the Ooh. Steven Spielberg movie. I do like that movie. You would probably like The Promised Land. That's, a, that's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, that was really? A great. Great comparison. Yeah, same vibes. It's this fairy, like, is this thing that this guy set out to do with only sort of nebulous, ego-driven sense of, of like, uh, patriotism? Yeah. Is it going to be enough to drive him to do insane things? And there's a bit of, like, I guess I'm on this guy's side. I don't want to be on this yeah, guy's side. by default only, kind <laughs> of, you know? But then you, like, at least me, like, I, Mads is so good at playing these characters that are, like... I mean, yeah. You're just captivated. You're like, oh, I want to... I hope nothing bad happens to him. Like, what? Yeah. He's not good. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> what are you doing? Yes, yeah. And just this very, like style not 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 stylistic but like the the historical drama mm. confidence it's a very dad movie to watch yes in oh a good yeah way. they both are yes yeah. yeah nice that's my number two i like that my number two is uh another movie we've already talked about uh wicked little letters i yeah. had it was just so goddamn fun so fun i did not feel a second of the runtime no it's so short feeling but but it's like an hour 45 so it's not as though it's like a really short movie yeah yeah it just is like one of the it's so how like you said so wholesome and pleasant somehow while being so vulgar yeah and it actually does have a core of what it's trying to say too yeah totally that is just like there it's not pushed out at any point no but it's it's it absolutely like you can see it informing the the actions if you think for a second about yeah. it you know and like the 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 feeling of like it's not taking place at this time to say it takes place at this time it actually like the setting fully informs what's happening yeah and it is... did happen it's based yeah, on oh, a yeah, true tor- right. story is the thing yeah yeah <laughs> You're right, because that did happen. I keep forgetting that it's a true story. I know, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. I assume heavily fictionalized or dramatized I, or whatever. I guess, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, if Jesse Buckley swears at you, you thank her. You say thank you, and you don't say shit about it otherwise. <laughs> and I'm also so going to tuck another movie in here just because I feel like, again, it doesn't count because everyone's going to see it anyway. <laughs> the Boy and the Heron. If you liked any Miyazaki movie, enjoy The Boy <laughs> yeah. and the Heron. But I think maybe specifically... Yes. 
have to you should see a Miyazaki before you see Boy in the Heron is this kind of a thing yeah you talk it's to somebody very... who has never seen a Miyazaki movie and then saw this and was like yeah. what the hell what is happening what am I looking at yeah I was like oh so you know how the themes of all of his movies and she was like <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> oh you don't okay great yes yeah, yeah prep with some like Mononoke a little bit of Totoro Howl, Howl yeah Wind Rises yeah uh, not so much Wind Rises. Yeah. I'd say the, in my mind Miyazaki's got like the two halves and one half is like mm. real world analog stuff yeah, and one half sure. is coming of age things. Yeah. Any coming of age fantastical story that's going to prepare you nicely for this yeah, one. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Nice. Over to you for your final one. My final one and I don't know why this is so maybe you can help <laughs> me parse this but Very I funny. think okay. if you like Strangers on a Train okay. you would like Concrete Utopia. Mm, and mm, the mm. the thing that I'm kind of like I'm trying to narrow down here is like it's got this so Concrete Utopia is about a you know obviously fictional but like uh, an earthquake a massive earthquake destroys all of Seoul mm-hmm. Korea except one fucking apartment building that we're aware of and it's yeah. centered around the residents of this apartment building and suddenly they have the only home And how do they deal with their situation, with, like, the survivors, the people outside, Mm -hmm. supplies. It's this very... You, you, we got out of it and you were like, man, that was like if The Walking Dead was good. (laughs) (laughs) And you're, you're right. Yep. (laughs) Where you're like, these are all very realistic problems and reactions. And it's about, okay, we're in a situation, capital S... You know, Bruno is this very, like, force of nature evil thing that you can't control. He just happens to you in Mm. in Strangers on a Train. Right. How do you navigate out of that? And how do you kind of, like, get around the (laughs) problems that arise when when there's just this one... Like, it's almost like like every every action someone takes in Concrete Utopia, you could see coming. But it's so compelling and it's Mm. so... That you could see it coming because it's very... But it's it, the decision that person would make. It feels like a, a lot of the decisions do feel like that noose tightening thing that yes, that's ex- does really good. that's exactly what it is. It's this yeah. like, oh my god, we're slowly running out of options. Yeah, like, oh fuck, what are we going to do? You the runway. Yes, like, yeah. Oh, okay, what, what's going to, how are we, oh god. How could we possibly get out of this? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. That's mm. the noose tightening thing. Okay. Um, that's, yeah. That's a more abstract pairing but i do get that like do you, do that, you would you say that's fair if you enjoyed strangers on a train you'd enjoy the kind of you know obviously grander like bigger scope or whatever but. yeah i think that genre wise yes very much sure concrete utopia a lot more to do with like character than strangers on a train is like it feels almost like a twilight zone type sure, of thing yeah. what if it happened to you <laughs> but this is really yes. like oh these would be real people that live here yeah, yeah totally yeah so, yeah. Yeah, and you've got, like, a sinister-ish guy, like, some, some a guy you can't figure out. Yeah. You know? And you're like, are you just an it. asshole? What, what's your yeah. deal? Yeah. <laughs> how, how desperate are people going to get, and mm. what are, actions are they going to take to solve their problems? But for my Walking Dead points, it was a real, like, oh, they took all the best parts. They took, like, oh, yes. these, <laughs> making these characters, like, taking the idea of characters in a really tight space that have like only so few options but not doing the really trite and and uh just melodrama yeah there wasn't the melodrama that's what it is yeah Yeah. it's just regular drama yeah the good kind plain old (laughs) drama like your mother used to make yum 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 (laughs) i'm licking my fingers yeah that's uh those are my three that i i think you should check out if you like dot 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 (laughs) 
Nice. Well, mine, I'm pretty sure you know what mine is going to be. I've, like, vaguely alluded to it a little bit. And it is my, like, major thing that I... I, it was a pick that you wanted to see, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go. And it has just, like, captivated me completely. <laughs> um, this is, if you like being John Malkovich, or, uh, nice. it again, another Twilight Zone kind of feel to it, I heartily recommend Dream Scenario. Yes, Dream sure. Scenario starring Nick Cage, directed by Christopher Borley, um, who has a few other movies that I am seeking out now, because I hadn't... Now they're hard to get once uh-huh. everyone saw Dream Scenario and was like, I should check this guy out. It's uh, So the setup for Dream Scenario is that uh, Nick Cage plays a schlubby professor who never made it in the real world. Like, he's trying to get published and it's not working out. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have, like, the respect of his peers A little and stuff. frustrated of yeah. a guy. Yeah. Midlife crisis kind of energy yeah. brimming in him. Uh, but he becomes an overnight celebrity after appearing in every person's dream. Yeah. Just... People start dreaming about him. They don't know why. He doesn't know why. Yep. No one can figure it out. I don't want to give much more away than that, other than, like... Nick Cage, I'm very hit and miss with Nick Cage. When he hits, boy, does he hit. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> when he misses, I'm just really like, okay, let's get through this. Uh, <laughs> How dare you subtweet face off like just, this? <laughs> no, I love face off. Oh, that's a hit. All right. That's All right. Okay, 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 okay. Um, face off, big hit. <laughs> but dream scenario, Nick Cage has entered like a new phase in his career where he mm. can play like a schlubby idiot really well. Yeah. Like Just a sack. Yeah. Like he. Sad sack guy. Uh, he's often wearing like a big puffy parka in this. Yeah. But even when it's off, he walks like he's got <laughs> he a big puffy like parka. He walks like he's wearing a big jacket. Yeah. He just he is just feels like he's taking up too much space all the time, apologizing for his existence. He's got that like feel to him at the start yeah. of the movie. Like his jokes never land. He's just yeah. And nobody like really nobody dislikes him, but nobody likes him. He's just like everybody's indifferent to this guy. Yeah. It is the funniest movie I've seen in such a long time. It's very like high concept comedy stuff yeah so that's why being Being John Malkovich is a perfect example very absurdist uh too kind of balances between a lot of tones but like dark humor is the main one yeah I would say yeah a lot of it shot in Toronto too yeah that's true yeah forgot about that yeah he drives past my office my old office yeah wow (laughs) and I will say one of the dreams someone's having is very like crazy but it's filmed in the fancy neighborhood, and I was like, hmm, that seems like something they do there. <laughs> I think you know the one I'm thinking I'm I don't, about. actually. You'll have to tell me off mic. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You it's made fine. a motion? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm learning sign language. is going really well. <laughs> uh, so that's what we thought, and I have one last question for you. I just want to know, who are you excited to, like, explore now? Who did you get? Yeah, something, going forward. Like, pick up your little brain crumbs. And... Yes. Well, I am absolutely interested in watching Ryu Sung Wan movies now, because mm. if that's how he directs action, I am all in, baby. Yeah. That w- it was, like, incredible to see. I'm just like, oh, oh, a little teaser? Oh, yeah. oh, uh, what's what's that? What do you got back there? Um, that's great shit. And the director of The Promised Land, uh, Nikolai Arcel, I think is Argel? I, I, I think Arcel. I think name. it's a soft C. Soft C. Yeah. So those are the, the directors that I'm, like most looking for. I didn't I didn't get out to nearly as much stuff as I wanted to see mm. this year, but um yeah, those are the ones that now I'm like, hey, I might have a new uh cool thing that I'm interested in. Yeah. So well, we know the system works. There's some uh, Ryu Sang-won movies on Netflix, so we'll be checking Perfect. those out. Yes, there you go. Uh for my part, I am looking forward to these are like 
they don't have a big repertoire yet, but uh, Joanna Arno and Thea Sherrock, who directed uh, oh, my yes. two comedies that yeah. I liked, the feeling that the time for doing something is past and <laughs> Wicked Little Letters. Yes, uh, Thea Sherrock for sure. Yeah, I want to see... Uh, Thea Sherrock has, has a few movies under her belt, but I'm yes. just I'm very excited to see what comes next for her. Yeah. But I am going to track down all the Christopher Borgley's movies immediately. Yeah, because, uh, good call. That really blew my little socks off. <laughs> You put on socks specifically for the movie. Yeah. And there they go. They're ruined. <laughs> go through a lot of socks during uh, movies. It's really it's, concerning. It's very hard to explain to people. <laughs> it seems unsanitary. Mm. I don't know. Oh, well, no. It's like it's like a, a one of those cartoon cigars where like the toe part oh, bursts I open. See. But okay, the sock sure. itself stays on my foot. Okay, great. Because <laughs> you don't want to just be leaving socks. That's Don't do that to no. your... To your cinema staff yeah treat your tiff volunteers kindly oh my god yes huge shout out to the tiff volunteers because i yeah. feel like they were fucking on top of oh, it yeah, this, this year is... they are so informed they are so nice they are so like responsive they've got it on lock <laughs> i will say that this was my favorite festival experience i've had mostly because mm-hmm. i got up to so many more movies yeah. than i usually do but uh yeah everything just seemed like it worked real good just worked so smooth every time i had a question there was someone in a blue shirt yeah. with an answer. Wow. It's crazy. So, well done, y'all. And Tiff, you can take this soundbite and include it uh, next year for, uh, I'll take <laughs> one press pass, please. Oh, it's got one million dollars, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair. Uh, million dollars. <laughs> uh, that'll do us for this little mini Tiff episode. Please uh, follow <laughs> us on Instagram at GartbidgePod and review us on your podcast platform of choice. We'll be back in a few weeks with your regular type of garbage. At that time, I hope you will join us in that another pile of garbage. Do you want to take that one more time? I don't know if I do. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be better or not. All right. Thanks, everyone. I'm tired. Bye.